across the honest pod with Carrie Garcia and Shara House where our hope is to create a safe space to share stories that foster healing hope and the honesty needed to live free and fully alive and now for this week's episode of the honest pod Well, hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of The Honest Pod. (laughs) Uh, I am, it's just me again today. Um, Shara, we're just going to figure it out. Eventually, we're going to fit. She was on vacation and now she's starting school. So we're figuring out our new schedule with her, but definitely miss having her on. But I hope you enjoyed last week's episode of um, with Courtney Meisner. If you haven't got a chance to check out her page, gosh, it's such a page of delight because it's got her kids dancing on it. And it's just, it's a fun page. And plus she's super smart. Um, so go check her out. I think her Instagram is C Meisner. Um, but our talk last week was on boundaries. And really the idea is our talk like this month just kind of been rolling around my head is about love. Um, but man, I think, if, you know, in all honesty, since this is the honest pod, I just come to you like just tired, like weary, tired, excited, excited about all the things that are going on, but also just weary. And I don't know if you're anything like me, but it's like these waves come we're so different since COVID. We're so different since, what was that, like March that that happened last year? I mean, we're we're running into like a year now almost of being in this COVID situation and a year of being in trauma, you know? And, and it's so crazy to look back and think like, you know, man, a year ago, I was living in Southern California where it was warm and today is negative four <laughs> where it is not warm. Um, so, you know, it's just funny to me that, um, you know, what a year can do. And so it just kind of like coming to you. And I thought about what we were going to do today, you know, what I was going to talk about today. And I've just kind of been thinking about what I want to share with you. But I think in all honesty, I just come with like to today is a wave. It's a wave of my story. Um, and the, and I was just kind of sitting and thinking of the, the plot twists of my story and then thinking of the plot twists of your story and thinking of the plot twists of the story of God and, and the word of God and, um, and just kind of feeling weary by it. And so this morning I went and sat in my car I went and got my Starbucks. This is what I do every morning, you guys. I go and I get my Starbucks, which I'm still very committed to my iced tea. 
That is still a real, like a reality for me. Um, and I cannot let it go. And it's negative four. And we, I used to be able to go into a Starbucks. I would have my drink. I would have my, either my bar or I would get egg white bites, double extra toasted. If you have not gotten that yet, you are missing out. Go get egg white bites. Make sure they double extra toast them. And if it doesn't look crispy, you can always say, can you toast it again? And you will thank me. A little bit of sriracha. Hate sriracha anywhere else except Starbucks sriracha. This is not an advertisement for Starbucks, but hey, Starbucks, if you want to sponsor us, <laughs> I'm your girl. Anyway, then I get my tea and then I would sit inside. Well, I can't do that now, right? We have COVID. So it's just, it's like these little things that just bug you, you know, that or you can deal with it. It's fine. Your life will move on. But it's those moments where you're like, I'm irritated because I just want to sit in here and do my routine. Anyway, I know that's probably really selfish of me, but that's just where I'm at today, guys. And it's the honest pod. And I'm just being honest. So what I've been doing to keep my routine is I go and I sit in my car. Well, this time in the morning, these times in the morning are always my time to kind of reflect, read, read the word, um, maybe read some poetry. Uh, I try really hard not to go on social media because it just does not set my day right at all. It's a good boundary for me to not go on there. It's not always doable. Sometimes I go on, sometimes I have to work. But even if that, I turn it off and read my word. That's like, that's my routine. So this morning, um, I was sitting in my car with the heater blasting, with 17 layers on, drinking my iced tea. Um, what the drama that I am is so funny to me. And eating my egg white bites. And I am reading Joshua. That's what I'm in right now. And I was just kind of feeling like, I don't know if it's woe is me, but I definitely was just like, I've got too much going on. I, you know, all of you know that I battle with depression. And so I'm always really keenly aware, like, am I dipping? Am I, you know, what am I needing right now? What am I feeling? Um, what's going on inside me? And just kind of naming that I'm just feeling weary. I'm just the exhaustion of this story I'm in the story of our world kind of being shut down and um, just, I just, I just feel weary today. And so as I'm reading in Joshua chapter two, I, I start reading the story of Rahab and it just happens to be in my, my line of reading today. It wasn't something that I was like, you know, God really wants me to go read about Rahab. It just happened to be in my, my reading. And, um, so I began reading about it and I just like was like, man, what is this woman's story? And, and I was thinking about our story, your story, my story. I'm sitting in a story. We're all sitting in a COVID story. And yet we have, you know, one blanketed story and yet all these nuanced stories that we come personally, right? And, uh, you know, if I haven't lost you yet, stay with me. I'm really going to something here. But I was reading and I was thinking about Rahab and I'm like, man, Rahab, what was her story? What got her to a place of prostitution? Why did she have to prostitute? You know, this is kind of how I read the scriptures. And here's this story and it doesn't really say why. It says that she's an innkeeper and she's a prostitute. And I'm like, okay, so she's, she has this place and yet she has to sell her body to be able to get money. I, I'm assuming that's the driver. 
and it and it very well could not be but i'm assuming as as most prostitutes even prostitutes that i have known it is a driver for money but there is a deeper wound there that has led them to this place of you know self-worth a lack of self-worth of of just their body being exploited and um and, and it comes with a story. And so I'm just thinking about this woman, this woman, Rahab, who has been ostracized by, you know, I'm sure by her town, like this is not a revered profession. She is, um, has had seen harm. Her body has been used. It has been experienced so much um, just against it. And here is this woman who you know, in the town of all of these people, the hustle and bustle of Jericho. Jericho is this really, really fortressed um, place. It has got all kinds of commerce and um, marketplace and, you know, religious activity that is um, just, just all of this going on. And, and there is a, there's a swell in the land. There's a swell in Jericho and this swell is of, um, of just fear, fear that the Israelites are camping out, fear that the Israelites are coming near, fear that this these Israelite people have a God that has rescued them from the hands of the Egyptians, has parted seas, I mean, has just done, you know, has conquered kings. And so there's a swell in the land of, of fear. And I just think about this one girl, this one girl Rahab that that God that God saw, that God had appointed to to have her story be invaded in the the best of ways. And and we find the story as and I'm listening to the story and I've heard so many messages on Rahab. I've preached messages on Rahab with different ways of the courage of Rahab and and I I've 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 preached about her line in the, the messianic line that she is going to be part of the the line of Messiah and how God uses the most un thinkable or unspeakable or unworthy in the world's eyes, um, the most uncommon people to bring about the truth in the kingdom. And I've preached so many messages. And today is kind of like when you go to the word, the word is so living and he wants to speak into you newness all the time that he's always speaking. And something stood out to me today about Rahab's story. And the part that stands out is, is here we find Rahab. She has hidden these spies, these spies that have come in, these Israelite spies that have come in to check out Jericho to see like, how are we going to conquer? You know, is God here? What's going on? And, and she hides them. And, and, um, as she hides them and she's about to tell them, okay, you guys need to go this way. These people are looking for you. She, she begins to tell the spies, Hey, just so you know, there's a swell in the land. There's a swell of fear that they know that that the Israelites are coming and this is exactly what the Israelites uh, these two men these spies need to know they need to know like okay like God is on our side and they already know it but um uh, they begin to hear as Rahab kind of affirms and confirms God is with you that they they know of the God you serve and so I'm just kind of like interested in how you know these these spies are listening to to Rahab but the part that strikes me I'm going to actually share it to you is she she begins to speak out and and ask kind of in her courage what she wants what she needs 
and what she desires. You can hear the desire here. Um, so she says, uh, when we heard of you, we lost heart. This is talking on behalf of her people. Everyone's courage failed because of you guys, because of you, she's saying, for we know that your Lord, your God is the God in heaven above and on earth below. Now is when it gets personal. She says in verse 12, this is Joshua 2, verse 12. Now, please swear to me by the Lord that you will show your kindness to my father's family because I showed kindness to you. Give me a sure sign that you will spare the lives of my father and mother and brothers and sisters, all who belong to them and save us from death. And I was struck, you guys. I was struck by this scripture here I am in this state of weariness. I am looking and I'm going, man, like I, the story is just too much right now to live right now, to see all of so many people that I see wounded and hurt. And the stories I'm getting of high school students that are just struck with severe depression, suicide at an all-time high. I just, like, it can be so overwhelming, not to mention my own story, you know, not just the story around me, but my own story of grief and my own desires for my kids and the protection I want for them and how hard this world is and how yucky it just feels. And I just hear the words of Rahab. It's like this desire and this cry to say, hey, will you spare me? Show kindness to me. Tell your God about me. And there's this desire of speaking out. And it's so interesting to me that she uses the words, show me kindness. As I have shown you kindness, show me kindness. And this struck my heart. It's like a cry of my own heart. God, show me kindness today. Show me rescue today. In the land that feels like it is falling apart and the weariness that I bring to the table today as I have to even engage in a podcast to come and share my heart. In all honesty, friends, I come to you. My heart was, show me kindness today, God. Show me rescue today, God. I can hear Rahab's cries. I can hear her desperate plea. I'm struck by the fact that she's calling out to men to show kindness to speak on her behalf, to show rescue. The juxtaposition between her story of prostitution where men have been the source of great anguish, of harm, of pain, of isolation, of, of just destruction against her body. She tries once more to call out to these men, to men, to the same kind of person potentially that have brought her so much harm. And yet there is this courage and this desperation and this desire all in the same breath to say, God, will you rescue me and show me kindness? But I have to do that through men. I have to do that through trusting that these men might be men that show me kindness, that show me goodness. And it just struck me that, gosh, what was broken and what has been broken in relationship, God uses often people to heal in relationship. I think about my story, even coming to today of a mom that was, you know, had such brokenness and parented me through such brokenness. And yet God bringing about a stepmom who has loved me and been kind to me. I think about how often I have been wounded in the church and how even I used to blame the church for the death of my mom because she had nowhere to share her brokenness, it was show up 
act perfect, play the part. And yet I'm in a church right now where God is redeeming that story, where he is showing kindness through a place of a church. I see places where there is wounds in, where I carried wounds with my father and such hurt with my father. And yet God is in the process of redeeming into such beautiful relationship, the restoration of what it means to come back together as father and daughter, that God uses people to restore the story, that he uses people to bring about kindness and goodness and love. And and I just thought like, man, how weary she must have been, tired, selling her body, giving her body, and how much fear that was in the land all around her about what was about to happen to her people because of their because of their injustice and their in their unrighteousness and and yet her courage to just say will you show me kindness i love what the bible says in joshua chapter 2 the men's response to her the men men these are men saying this to her we will give our lives for you. Not only will we give our lives for you, but if you don't report our mission, we will show kindness and faithfulness to you when the Lord gives us this land. We will give our lives for you. What man has said that on behalf of Rahab? What man has said, we will lay down our life for you? We will show kindness and faithfulness to you. When the Lord gives us this land, we will protect you. And I think these are the words of God to us in our story today. And I think for many of us, we come to the table weary and fearful. Life has taken a toll. And maybe it's just this year. Maybe it's been several years, but life has taken a toll. And I just wonder if God's voice to us today can say, hey, I'll lay down my life for you. I did lay down my life for you. I will show you kindness and faithfulness to the places of your story. For me, as I sat in the car with the heater blasting and just kind of coming in weary, coming in overwhelmed, coming in honestly with some fear. And when I fear, feel, feel fearful, when I feel overwhelmed, I tend to go inward with that. Instead of getting really big and angry, I dip into places that feel sad, into places that feel overwhelmed, into apathy. It's a, I don't care. What does it matter? What is it worth? And it was like God revealed this places, this place of Rahab for me, so strategically placed in my reading that Rahab and I are not so different. Although she lived many years ago, she's a woman that has desire, a woman that wants to be seen, a woman that wants to be protected, a woman that has a story of harm, a woman that carries shame. And yet God was sending two men to restore, to be a part of the restoration process of her story that ultimately was leading her to the greater story. And that is God in her story, God in my story, God in your story. 
it's interesting to me that in that moment, there wasn't actual rescue. There was a promise of rescue. She had to wait. She had to wait for the rescue. She had to wait for the kindness. She had to wait for the faithfulness. She had to wait. But in the waiting, all she had to do was tie a piece of cloth, a red scarlet ribbon on her door that symbolized, I'm going to trust once again. I'm going to trust that God is going to be faithful, that these men are going to do what they say. What incredible trust that must have taken to defy the story that she so believed, that she had lived in, that there are so many men that have been untrustworthy, so many churches, workplaces, friendships, loyalties that have been betraying, have betrayed her. And yet she's going to trust once again. But she's not going to trust in man. She's going to trust in the God that operates in those men. You see, when she put that scarlet ribbon out, it wasn't that she believed in the word of two men. It was that she believed in the God that spoke from those men. And she waited. She waited for the rescue. She waited for the kindness. She waited for the faithfulness. She waited. And as she waited, she called people that she loved into that house to wait with her. And I think about those people that are like, are you crazy? What is happening? You? God's going to protect you? I mean, come on. You know, this is her family. They know her story. They know what she's been in. They know like, you know, if God's going to pick anybody to be faithful to, it's probably not going to be you, Rahab. And yet she waited with eager anticipation of the rescue to come. And this is what I want to share with you guys today. That I am telling you that rescue is coming. Rescue is here. That he is speaking out his kindness and his faithfulness to you. And so today, sitting in my car, I metaphorically put out my red scarlet ribbon and said, I'll wait, God, because today feels hard. And although I'm not rescued in this moment, it's not like I just popped out and everything was just magically better. It was in this moment that I was able to see that Rahab, hmm, Rahab, not so different from me, believed in a God that she had heard about, a God that rescued a people that were the misfits, the downtrodden, the forgotten, the oppressed. Something inside her related to that. She knew that's who she was. And there was a God that rescued them. Maybe, just maybe, there's a God that will rescue me. And that was my heart today. Because I felt misfit. I feel downtrodden. I feel oppressed. And God spoke through Rahab. He spoke through his word. And I pray that he speaks through this podcast today. That he finds you. He just finds you right where you are. And the goodness about God is that he loves the brokenhearted, the downtrodden, the oppressed. And his greatest place of shining and glory 
is when we set out the ribbon that says, I'll wait for your faithfulness and your rescue and your kindness because I've heard of what you do. I've seen what you can do and I know you're coming for me. He's redeeming the story, friends. This is what he does. He redeems the story every time. So wherever this finds you today, however this finds you, maybe you and I are not so different than Rahab. Maybe you and I, all of these years away from the story of Rahab, are sitting right with her today in that room, quarantined, (laughs) locked up, waiting for rescue and redemption to come. And I just want to tell you, it's coming. It's coming, friend. It's coming. And I sit with you in the room and I say, come and wait with me. And if you don't have the strength to sit on your own, you're surely welcomed in my house and in my heart. May God bless you and keep you, friend. And may you cry out like Rahab did. Will you show kindness to me? Will you rescue me? That plea, that desire is never, ever falling on deaf ears. It falls on a God who sees you and loves you and rescue is coming. I love you guys. I'm so thankful for this podcast and this platform to be able to speak into your hearts. I would love to help you engage your story more. I would love to help you redeem your story more. I would love to help you be able to see the places of your story that have been bound and lies have been the grid in which you see the love of the Father. I would love to help you with that. It is my heart's cry to help you in the process of redeeming your story. And if that is something that you want to do, and not only you want to redeem your story, but you want to help others redeem their story, then I would love for you to join me at the Freedom Academy, where we are going to sit in your story. We are going to sit in the roadblocks in your story. We are going to break the chains of your story, and we are going to give you tools on how to help others redeem their story. Freedom is the courageous acts of loving who you were created to be, of knowing that your story is the most incredible story God has ever created. And what he wants to do in it is redemption and renewal and power and goodness. So if you want to be a part of that, I would love for you to join me right here in my own home, well, not hometown, but in my town of Chicago, uh, where we're going to dive in for three days. Um, Maybe it's the very rescue you're needing. Maybe it's the place where you just want to come and sit inside a space that has others championing for you to help you just be tended to in your story. And maybe you are wanting all of the tools that we will give you to really have your story be a story that helps others be courageous and free. So I love you all. Thanks for joining me here on the Honest Pad. On the, on the Honest Pad. I am looking forward to next week. We have an incredible interview. It's a secret right now, but I'm super excited about it um, as we venture into these ideas of what does it mean to be loved, 
and cared for and getting honest about the places of our story. I love you. We'll see you next week. We are so thankful for the talented Tanya Godsey offering her amazing music with us. You can find Tanya on Spotify and other streaming platforms. And hey, we would love to answer any questions you may have for us right here on the show. So you can send us those questions to hello at thehonestpodcast.com. And as always, thank you for letting us share about the not so easy stories that make us and entering into the honesty and courage it takes to love who you were created to be. So until the next time, friends, may God's love and kindness be an offering to your heart, both now and always. (laughs) 